0: If I say to you tomorrow, take my hand, child, come
1: with me, it's to a castle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sonic Collective. This is Alan speaking for us for the month of April, and today I'm joined with Darren Scott, Scott Gregory, no. and unfortunately, Scott Coates, once again, could not make it. Uh, he's... He's living the life in Thailand, and just the time zone difference makes it hard for us to kind of align everything, but rest assured, he will be uh, giving his two cents on this album kind of at the end here. So He's actually uh, roughing it. He went to Bali. He had to go to Bali, so he couldn't jump on the call. Tough life, huh? That's an even life.
0: rougher life, I know, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, of course, we're reviewing Led Zeppelin II this month. I don't remember if I said that or not, but Led Zeppelin II is what we will be talking about today. So I'm going to throw it over to, uh, how about Darren? What did you think of the album? Yeah,
2: you know, I, I, uh, I loved it. I was glad we were just talking before we started recording here a little bit. And uh, I really was glad that you picked Led Zeppelin. I think, Scott, you've alluded that you uh, uh, might pick them soon or was hoping somebody had in the past. And yeah. I think, you know, and, you know, hey, who's kidding who? We talk about influential albums and you get into Led Zeppelin. It's hard not to uh, talk about them. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was a great pick, and I, I was, I was saying to Alan, I really liked how uh, he picked two. You know, a lot of people would just maybe pick the first album because we tend to go back to try and go back to the beginning a bit, or you know, the fourth album, Stairway to Heaven. Everybody knows that one. Um, but I, I liked they picked two because it was a bit different. And you know, and Alan, actually, you were just explaining a bit about it. Why don't you, you say that again, like how they the recording process for this one?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I knew I knew for sure I wanted to do a Led Zeppelin album and I was reading through some of the information I could find online about you know what was on each album and and which songs were really well known and uh the thing that struck me about the second album was just more to do with how it was made and why it was made and if I'm understanding history correctly um they were kind of going hot off the heels of their first album which had you know, achieved a certain level of success, and they wanted to to prove that they weren't just some kind of a flash in the pan. So throughout the um, throughout the touring process, in support of their first album, they were actually busy writing songs and recording uh, a lot of the sessions that would end up making its way onto the second album. So <clears throat> uh, the just the sense of freneticism and uh, and mayhem and chaos that is supposed to be rife on this album kind of struck me as interesting. And I wanted to really explore that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And a
2: lot of it, apparently like there's, there basically some, not really covers, but modifications of uh, old blues songs and they, they would just kind of warm up with them or, add them in because you know like any band when you only have one album it's hard to kind of extend uh, uh, past a half hour or, or an hour in a concert so they just would start playing these things and jamming in their own way and they they kind of turn them into songs so yeah, yeah. and that, that's crazy own thing, right yeah
0: yeah because the, they got a lot of criticism for like appropriating a lot of blues kind of slides and and themes but if you look at concert uh footage and sound and stuff like that that's just what they love to play it was clearly their wheelhouse that they wanted to operate in and it wasn't like they were trying to steal anything they were definitely you know like bluesy bridging over into rock musicians
2: oh yeah and the who the stones they all did it that
1: was the the, you know that was just the influence right yeah yeah Totally. Yeah, Yeah, I was shocked to see harmonica make its way on the album, though. I knew they were bluesy, but uh, (laughs) I think the song was "Bring It On Home." The whatever the last track was on the album, they had like that was a full blown blues song that could have could have been at home on any blues album for sure. You wouldn't think it was some band from the UK playing it. Yeah. So, how did Alan? I mean, I was interested for me because
2: you're the youngest guy here. Like, how did you get exposed to Led Zeppelin and become a fan?
1: Oh, radio, for sure. And and, uh, you always... I used to hear rumors about like, oh, there's satanic back masking in uh, Stairway to Heaven, or whatever. And so I would actually go and listen to Stairway to Heaven backwards just to see. And by the way, you guys should do that. It sounds really cool. (laughs) Really? (laughs) It is actually... Yeah, it sounds really cool. That guitar solo is nuts. Especially backwards. Um, Jury's out about the whole Satan thing, but... Uh, it sounds neat so that's that was my first exposure to zeppelin and yeah i mean what's not to love about them
0: see it's funny because you put me in the older category and i am well i'm not older but i didn't uh i didn't honestly really listen seriously to zeppelin until i was about 30 uh when i went back to school the instructor for one of my courses uh principles of graphic design was just a massive leadhead head and he wouldn't stop talking about led zeppelin in class and i was finally like you know what i just have to go and listen to these <laughs> albums now and i'd heard black dog and stairway to heaven before pretty much stuff off of four right and and then when i went through the whole discography i was like oh my god how come i didn't land on these guys earlier and then when I started listening to Dread Zeppelin, that just took it really <laughs> to another level. Too yeah. funny.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. What I, I had, I think I've mentioned before a, a lot, it's weird, I've got the, the story of, it was like my best friend's older brother had all the record collection and of these old bands. And even for me, I mean, I was, I was actually born one month and six days after this album was released. Uh, it, was it was October 22nd, 1969. Uh, but... So here I, w- I wouldn't have been exposed to it until the '80s really and and this uh, my my friend's older brother, but you know at the time i i couldn't understand it I was too young i, I couldn't even uh, quite comprehend it i i, don't, I can't say I, I got into them that that much at that time. It was really kind of later in life here too, probably about the same mm-hmm. time in my thirties, which would you know i guess go back to about well I guess nineties or two thousand that I kind of started to kind of Get back, you know, and I found that in general, like th- these guys are meaty. Like it- it's fun, and this this one's a lot of blues and rocking. It's good, but some of the other songs are just like you gotta like absorb them. they they're just so. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, I guess punk rock was probably just starting out, and it's funny that you go <laughs> to go from Led Zeppelin into punk rock, which is like the opposite. You know, here they were trying, they were making compositions out of blues songs and adding in these crazy vocals from uh, Robert Plant and, and the drumming. And it's just like, you know, I just found it such a meaty meal, like, I, that you have to pay attention to. And maybe for me sometimes it's like, oh, I, you know, I don't know if I have that much time to commit to, like, experiencing a song like that but it's it's amazing now i go back and i'm like oh wow like these guys are unbelievable i was pretty pumped when alan picked this like they're intense yeah oh, and yeah. the
1: talent the, the songwriting talent the the guitars like every every single aspect of it is great
0: well and i found going back and listening to this like i have tons of led zeppelin on my playlist uh and I miss a lot of the B tracks because of that. You know, like I I don't go back to them. And it's honestly a lot of three and four. Pretty much all of my favorite songs come off of either three or four for Led Zeppelin. But honestly, like having not gone back in a long time, when I was doing a full playthrough of two, you know, What Is and What Should Never Be, uh, Living Loving Maid, She's Just a Woman. Like, I was like, wow, these really need to get back on my list right i don't know why they weren't there in the first place because they just they're a whole nother dimension on top of the other more driving intense uh ones that i already have in there so this was really good for me in that i went back and filled in a lot of holes that i think i had in my led zeppelin experience
1: yeah
2: yeah i like what you said about what is and what should never be i really liked. that i thought it was a cool intro and uh yeah i, I just thought I it was great and i mean people like there's so many reviews of this i was just doing some research and so many people just like get so intricate about it and you know, like the composition of the songs and stuff i think you know for us we just more listen for ourselves and try and convey to people like is this worth going back and really getting into and it like, still kind of rock and stand up and and say hell yeah this one really does <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's funny because I was listening to uh, a review of Duran Duran, and they were they literally disassembled Rio instrument by instrument and, and laying them you know, like talking about like the bass play and how thrumming it is and stuff like that. And, and I don't think I could ever get that intense <laughs> in my analysis either, right? I'd just be yeah. like, this all sounds really good together. I can see why John Bonham is considered one of the greatest drummers ever, kind of thing. But uh, you know, I'm not going to go through second by second, especially when it's a full meal deal for any given song.
2: Mm What do you guys think of Moby Dick? (laughs) Uh,
1: It's a lot of. uh, It was it was okay. A lot of noodling.
0: It's uh, one of my top nine favorite songs on the album.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. Yeah, I really found yeah. though, like, but at that time and, and like I'm a bit older, but like the the classic '70s '80s type of arena rock, like they always had the the crazy long drum solo. It
0: reminds me of this Sloan concert that I went to where uh literally at one point everyone except for the drummer and the bass player left and they just kept going on with rhythm and then like the lead guitars and that were just off and they had like a quick drink i swear to god they must have had a smoke or something because they were gone for like five or six minutes so anytime i hear something like this i assume it's a plan for the other guys to like go take a leak or something like that or yeah a hit of heroin. I don't know. Just whatever it is kind of thing. So I, I have no faith that this is some sort of artistic venture on their part. This is so that they can swap guitars, swig some beer and then get back into it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's, I'm actually really curious to see what the, what other albums sound like from them. Cause you know, as I mentioned before, a lot of these tracks were really frenetic. And I wonder how much just the environment that they were recording in played a role in all of the noodling and the, the drumming solos and stuff like that. I wonder if that's present on subsequent albums. So I think it's piqued my interest enough to actually go back and take a look.
0: Well, they've always impressed me because there's just a huge diversity of where they're coming from. So you can get really slow kind of like methodical songs or you can get the hard driving ones and and i find myself always leaning towards the uh the softer side of what they're doing you know like if you go on here like i said uh what is and should never be is one of my favorite uh, heartbreaker when you get into three i'm actually all about uh gallows pole and tangerine which are two slower ones and then on four Going to California, and when the levee breaks are my favorite ones off of that. So, I really like the fact that on every single album, like you said, you can look for those themes that you liked, where they're they're really pushing the speed and getting frenetic. But then, if you're also a fan of their slower stuff, where they get a little more ballady or bluesy, um, they deliver every single album. Yeah. This. What are you guys' favorite songs? You know, like I've already uh hinted that mine was what is and what should never be was there anything that you guys really thought stood out from the pack
1: oh sure yeah i i mean ramble on what's not to love about that that's probably my Mm. favorite zeppelin track aside from stairway to heaven any day of the week uh you know they get all deep in lord of the rings speak and that appeals to my (laughs) inner nerd (laughs) um it's just a it's just a badass song but i also really like heartbreaker and living loving maid i feel like they like even on the radio when you hear them played they usually play them back to back and it's kind of like it harkens back to queen when they play we will rock you immediately followed by we are the champions like those are two separate tracks but they play them back to back and yeah. they kind of just work together even better like the the sum is is more than the the equal parts whatever that saying is so i think it's those three tracks for sure. And it just so happens that they're back to back to back on this album, which is fun.
0: Hmm. Heartbreakers is a tough one for me. Cause like I said, I've listened to a bunch of dread Zeppelin as well. And any song that they covered from lead, I just can't listen to the original without hearing that Elvis impersonator <laughs> coming in over top now. So I'll have to explore that.
2: that. Well, uh, what about you, Darren? You know, for me guys, I actually like a lot, all the songs, really, in a lot of ways, but uh, you know, the classics, whole lot of love, all the ones you hear on the radio, ramble on. Um, but um, I gotta say, a guilty pleasure for me and mine is Living, Loving Maid, She's Just a Woman. Uh, I thought that song was super upbeat and catchy and a lot of fun. Um, I, yeah, just, just. A lot of fun for me and one I, I guess you know you've hear it before but you don't hear it as much on the radio so I, I really liked it and and you, you've guys talked about it as well but I really like what is and what should never be I just think that the cool intro that happens there and then it just kind of picks up and starts rocking uh, I just really like it I thought it was really well done and and just one again
1: like yeah. you listen to these albums in full and you forget
2: <laughs> about songs like that so yeah again really <laughs> love that
1: song yeah for sure I think I think what is and what never should would be with definitely in terms of the songs that maybe are on the b-side that one was the strongest for sure just from a composition standpoint i think it sounds really good and it could have easily been a single moby dick maybe not so much
2: well guys uh we're getting near the end of the review here we're getting a little on time so uh i guess what would your rating be uh, at a five on this one guys
0: uh, i would definitely rate it a five i'm totally biased i make no apologies i think led zeppelin's one of the greatest bands ever two is just as great as three is as great as four uh and long
1: live led zeppelin <laughs> i'm going to have to agree with scott i think this is a really really tight album um five for sure
2: yeah i as well i i don't think you can fault the album really that much uh you sure you have more favorite songs than others, but uh, really as a, a full package. And even though it was recorded uh, across touring and things like that, you know, people pick things sing apart, but when it all comes together, it's just a fun, super fantastic album, and uh, really shows how good these guys were back when they were starting in their prime. Uh, definitely a five. I, I don't think you can fault Led Zeppelin here in any way. Uh, this is a must listen. All that being said, guys, uh, I guess, is there any parting uh, comments or anything about the album you'd like to add?
1: I strongly recommend people listen to this album uh, and then maybe compare it to some of their other stuff just to see if there is that, that sonic difference between you know recording and, and writing on the road versus having more time to plan uh, an album deliberately.
0: hmm Also, orcs are misunderstood. Stop the Mordor bashing. Hashtag no orc bashing 2017. (laughs) I think we should
1: leave it there. I agree,
2: Alan. I think we should leave it there. I told you this music was complicated. I'm not sure how we got to orcs, But uh, anyway, this was an awesome time uh, listening to this album, and uh, I think it's time to sign off for uh, uh, our little group here in Calgary. But please stay tuned, because Scott Coates is going to talk right after I shut up. Uh, Again, this is thesoniccollective.com, Alan Dupuis. Scott Gregory and myself, Darren Scott, are signing off here from Calgary. Again, join us at thesoniccollective.com to uh, listen to all our reviews of these classic albums. We'd love to hear your opinions too, so leave comments. And uh, we look forward to uh, reviewing many more albums. All right, here comes Scott Coates with his
0: review.
3: Hi, this is Scott Coates from the Sonic Collective, recording solo from Bali, Indonesia this time. This is my review for our April pick, Led Zeppelin 2. Wow, <clears throat> couldn't have picked a better band for me, probably my favorite uh, rock band of all times. Can't believe this, this is 1969 this came out. That's four years before I was even born. I've listened to the whole album before, but really listening to it start to finish deliberately many times throughout the month just amazed me even more. I mean, right from the first song, Whole of Love, it just keeps going. Every single song on this one destroys. It's fantastic. And it was surprising to learn in the post for this that the songs were kind of recorded individually in different areas, different settings, and so forth. So not really in one studio, but I think it comes together as a whole work really, really well. I've touched on this fact quite a bit, but this one's 41 minutes. And albums from you know the '60s and '70s tended that seems to clock in from the low 30 minutes to like mid 40s, and they were sort of short and sweet. And I really think there's a lot to be said for that. There's no filler on this thing. One of my all-time favorite rock tunes, uh, "Ramble On," is the second to last or third to last track which is just great. And then, you know, I gained a lot more appreciation as well for Moby Dick on this one. I liked it. But somehow, being the second last song, it's kind of a nice round out and then bring it on home well it's not my favorite song it's a great final track it just sort of brings you down and then other standouts heartbreaker i mean that's an incredible tune and the lemon song as well so i mean led zeppelin too it's funny you read some of the reviews when it originally came out and it was sort of so-so but now obviously it's one of the greatest rock albums of all time and yeah i just if i keep talking too much more i'm just going to repeat how awesome it was how great it was I think the lyrics are great. The sound of the recordings are great. The songwriting's great. This one gets fives every, every section for me. And uh, Led Zeppelin's one of the greats. This is so varied um, from one song to the next. And it's a great, great, complete work. Fantastic pick.